From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Shares of Meta surge after Facebook adds more users than expected. Apple and Amazon report this afternoon. President Biden plans to deliver remarks today on more support for Ukraine. And Americans grow more pessimistic about their finances as inflation takes a toll. New York's MTA wants to ramp up its fleet of electric buses. Plus, Dr. Fauci clarifies his comment that the U.S. is not in the pandemic phase. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Fifth straight win for the Yankees. The Mets lost as the bench is emptied and the NFL draft begins tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by H.C. Wainwright. Register now for the HCW Global Investment Conference, a hybrid event on May 23rd to 26th. Go to hcwevents.com. HCW reserves the right and discretion to accept or reject registration or admission. And Nathan, futures are higher this morning. 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. With S&P futures up 65 points, Dow futures up 321, and NASDAQ futures leading the way up 273 or 2.1%. 10-year Treasury up 430 seconds, yield 2.81%, and the yield on the two-year 2.57%. Nathan. Well, Karen, that lift in NASDAQ futures follows Facebook parent Meta's latest earnings. The shares are up nearly 17 percent after Facebook's main social network added more users than projected. The company says revenue would have been higher if not for the war in Ukraine. Mandeep Singh is a senior technology analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. The core Facebook and Instagram engagement seems to be holding up quite well. So I think these are definitely good numbers. They missed on the top line, but we know it's because of the ad pricing. And I, I think that was sort of expected. Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Analyst Mandeep Singh says Facebook added 31 million new daily active users in the recent quarter. Well, Nathan, let's look at some of the other stocks on the move following earnings report. Shares of Qualcomm up almost 8%. The chipmaker gave a strong sales forecast for the current quarter. Ford beat estimate, uh, estimates and reaffirmed its guidance for the year. That stock is up more than 2%. And the biggest loser this morning is Teladoc Health. Shares are plunging more than 39%. The telemedicine company cutting its revenue and earnings guidance for the year. And the earnings continue to roll in today, Karen, with big tech once again leading the way. After the bell, we hear from Apple and Apple. Amazon. Let's get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. Well, investors will see if Apple saw continued growth in sales of iPhones, iPads, Macs, and services despite supply chain problems and chip shortages. Forecast call for earnings per share of $1.43 on revenue 
of just over $94 billion. Apple also expected to announce a share buyback program of as much as $90 billion. As for Amazon, investors will see if it's Amazon Web Services. The cloud computing unit will offset an expected slowdown in online sales now that many pandemic restrictions have been lifted. Forecasts call for earnings per share of 855 on revenues of more than $116 billion. I'm Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Tom, thank you. Well, it's also a big day on the economic front. We get a closely watched rating on first quarter GDP this morning, and the forecast is for a 1% gain. Bloomberg's Michael McKee has the details. COVID and Russia's war slowed growth dramatically in the first three months of the year. Some analysts even think the economy contracted. But a dismal GDP figure will mask some true strength. Consumer spending is forecast to be strong, and business investment appears to be holding up. Real estate was a strong point during the quarter. The impact on growth is likely largely to have come from a slower pace of inventory building as companies finally restocked. Higher oil prices play a role as well. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. Higher inflation is taking a toll on the personal finances of many Americans, and it is also hitting their outlook. Let's get more on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. A Gallup poll shows less than half of Americans rate their financial situation as good or excellent, and some 48% say it's getting worse. That's similar to levels seen a month into the pandemic and during the financial crisis of 2008. So what's driving the worry? The survey finds that a record 30 percent of Americans rank inflation and a high cost of living as the most important financial problem facing their family today. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. And we turn to some moves in Asia now. Overnight, the Japanese yen hit a two-decade low against the dollar. The move comes after the Bank of Japan doubled down on bond purchases. The central bank said it would buy an unlimited amount of bonds at fixed rates every business day. Checking the yen right now, it's at 130.54 against the dollar. All right, now let's take a look at the latest on the war in Ukraine, Karen. President Biden plans to deliver remarks later today on support for Ukraine as his administration looks to send Congress a proposal for weapons. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. The White House says it could go to the Hill as early as today. Spokeswoman Jen Psaki says they're still working on the final ask. I don't have a number for you at this point in time, but there is plans for this to be a proposal to go through the, the fiscal year, and it will include, um, as our past packages have included, security or military assistance, humanitarian economic assistance. Which seems to suggest a large number. The president has promised delivery by the end of the week. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Meantime, in Europe, several countries are looking for clearer guidance from the EU on Russia's demand to pay for gas in rubles. Russia cut off the taps to Poland and Bulgaria yesterday for refusing to pay in the currency. Now the Financial Times reports several European nations, including Germany, are preparing to open ruble accounts to meet Vladimir Putin's demands. This all adds to a volatile energy market, according to Patrick DeHaan, head of petroleum analysis at GasBuddy. There's a lot been said about Russia and Ukraine and now Russia today escalating the situation by uh, stifling the flow of natural gas to Poland and Bulgaria. Uh, and, of course, we have uh, a global uh, economy that's been rebounding. 
Patrick DeHaan with Gas Buddy spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And looking ahead to the market open, Karen, we have futures moving higher with S&P futures up 65 points, Dow futures up 316, NASDAQ futures higher by 280 points or 2.2 percent. The 10-year Treasury is up 330 seconds, yield 2.81 percent, yield on the two-year 2.57, and NYMEX crudes higher by two-tenths percent at $102.23 a barrel. Local headlines and sports next. This is Bloomberg. It's now 607 on Wall Street. We're at 40 degrees in Central Park, and we got an accident in Brooklyn, an eastbound Gowanus at Hamilton Avenue. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. New York's MTA plans to ramp up its number of electric buses, part of the agency's goal for zero emissions by 2040 for the nation's largest bus fleet. The MTA anticipates 60 new electric buses will start arriving later this year, with another 470 coming in three to four years. It will transition its 5,800 bus fleet to all electric vehicles. Dr. Anthony Fauci is clarifying comments he made suggesting that the COVID-19 pandemic is over in the U.S. Fauci said this initially on the PBS NewsHour. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. But now Dr. Fauci says the pandemic in the U.S. isn't over, but is in a more controlled stage. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont and his fellow Democrats in the General Assembly say they've reached a broad agreement on a revised one-year state budget proposal. It includes nearly $500 million in tax reductions. The list of proposed tax changes would also continue the $0.25 per gallon gas tax cut until December 1st. The parents of American Trevor Reed said they dared not build up their hopes when they first heard their son might be freed from Russia after being held for three years. Yesterday, they got the call they've been waiting for. The former Marine was swapped for a Russian prisoner being held by the U.S. They expect Reed to come home in a few days. Key negotiator and former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Bill Richardson, says that he has worked with two different administrations since 2019 to secure Reed's release. These uh, exchanges take a long time. Uh, During the Trump administration, it didn't work. And the relationship between President Trump and the Russians was better than it is now, but it didn't work. So it depends on timing, luck. Richardson, also the former governor of New Mexico, says other Americans are still being held in Russia, including WNBA star Brittany Griner and another former Marine, Paul Whelan. The crew of astronauts arrived at the International Space Station. Dragon Hatch is open, and they are welcoming the crew for astronauts on board. The NASA crew blasted off from Florida yesterday morning. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael, thanks. Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Nathan, couple of Yankee sluggers perhaps heating up. Yankees are heated up. They've won their fifth in a row. 5-2 over Baltimore at the stadium. Joey Gallo, no home runs in his first 14 games, but now two and two nights and 
Giancarlo Stanton with his first home run since the second game of the season. He gets to 350 career home runs. Only six players have gotten there faster. Yanks go for the sweep this afternoon. The Mets failed to get the sweep. In St. Louis had a 4-1 lead, but the Cardinals erupted and won 10-5. And Nolan Arenado erupted in the eighth inning. Did not appreciate Yoan Lopez's up-and-in pitch. The bench is emptied. The Cardinals manager is Carlos Marmol. When you come up top like that and, and jeopardize someone's career in life, yeah, I take exception to that. And uh, I don't think anyone in the big leagues appreciates getting thrown up top. Nolan has every right to uh, react the way he did and go after him. And we'll protect that. The Mets' J.D. Davis got hit with a pitch on the top of the eighth. It was the fifth time in the series that a Met got hit. The 19th time this season. No other team's been hit by a pitch more than 11 times. Rangers at the Garden lost to Montreal 4-3. to Close out the regular season tomorrow with Washington. That outcome could affect whether they then play the Caps in the first round. But if Pittsburgh beats Columbus tomorrow, the Rangers will face the Penguins. Milwaukee will face Boston in the NBA's second round. The Bucks finished off Chicago. Golden State closed out its series with Denver. NFL draft starts tonight in Las Vegas. Like last year, Jacksonville has the first pick. The Jets have the fourth and tenth picks. The Giants have the fifth and seventh. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. S&P Futures up 63 points. Dow Futures up 308. NASDAQ Futures leading the way with a 2.1% gain up 275 points. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, varying amounts of clouds and sun. Breezy today with a high near 55 degrees. Could hit 60 with sunshine and a breeze tomorrow. Saturday, mostly sunny, low 60s to start the weekend. Currently 40 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. European stocks rallying along with U.S. stock index futures after upbeat earnings add to the bull case for the economy and markets, dispelling growth fears for now. Shares of Facebook's parent are giving NASDAQ futures a lift, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 59 points. Dow futures up 270. NASDAQ futures up 254. That's up about 2%. The DAX in Germany is up 1.5%. 10-year treasury up 5.30 seconds. Yield 2.81%. Yield on the two-year, 2.57%. NYMEX crude oil is is up 4 tenths percent, up 43 cents at $102.45 a barrel. COMEX gold little change at 1888.20 an ounce. The euro, 1.051.3 against the dollar. British pound, 1.2502. The yen, 130.34. And Bitcoin is higher, up 1.4%. It's at $39,650. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Joe Biden plans to deliver remarks today on support for Ukraine. His administration looks to soon send to Congress a proposal for weapons and humanitarian assistance for Kiev that would last through September. Dr. Anthony Fauci is clarifying comments he made suggesting that the COVID-19 pandemic is over in the U.S. Fauci now says the pandemic is not over but in a different phase. 
Round one of the NFL draft begins tonight. The Jaguars have the overall number one pick. The Jets have the fourth and tenth pick. The Giants select fifth and seventh. In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors advance to the next round after beating the Nuggets in Game 5, 102-98. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Orioles 5-2. The Mets and Nationals lost. The Red Sox won. The A's shut out the Giants 1-zip. In the NHL, the Rangers lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. Almost 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. On a day, we are waiting for a bit of a data dump when it comes to this economy, including a first reading on first quarter GDP, a big round of data for the Federal Reserve to consider as it will most likely gets ready to raise interest rates next week. Let's bring in Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee for more on what we're expecting today. Mike, good morning. Looking at uh, the GDP expectation from uh, Bloomberg Economist Survey, 1% after 6.9 in the prior quarter. What could that deceleration, if it turns out, mean for the Fed? Uh, you're going to have to look below that number to really get an answer, Nathan. And the interesting thing is uh, the Bloomberg survey is is very broad. Uh, and a lot of people put in their survey results and uh, or survey forecasts early and then don't change them. Uh, we had a string of Wall Street firms changing their forecasts yesterday, including a number who think that we might see an actual contraction. So if Wall Street uh, is prepared to be shocked, <laughs> that is a possibility. But it hides the fact that the reason for the bad economic performance is basically uh, inventories and trade. Uh, a lot of people ordered a lot of stuff last fall. You remember it, it was all sitting on boats off the coast of California. Yeah. And they finally are able to unload it in the first quarter in January and February, and then it starts to count as imports. So imports went way up, and we had a very wide trade deficit. And then a lot of those goods go into inventories. <laughs> and uh, So uh, maybe then companies cut back on production because they were getting inventories from overseas. Those two things really will influence it. Personal spending, consumers apparently did quite well. The anticipation, according to the Bloomberg survey, is for a 3.5% gain. And so the Fed would take reassurance from that. Now that raises the question, though, I guess it raises a couple of questions, whether that kind of personal spending can continue when we have these kind of inflationary pressures and whether the uh, trade gap is uh, starting to show signs of unwinding in terms of the uh, supply chain bottlenecks you've been dealing with. Well, it did show signs of unwinding until China began to lock down everything. And now, if you look, uh, if you have a Bloomberg and you look on the terminal, you can see the the charts that show thousands and thousands of ships just uh, sitting off the coast of China. Uh, presumably, those will ultimately be loaded up and sent back over here, and we'll have the same problem again. So that's in the future. Uh, the question is, do people, as you say, keep spending? And so far, indications are that they have slowed a little bit and sort of changed what they're buying from a lot of discretionary goods to more services. Certainly everybody's going on vacation and traveling if you've been in an airport lately. Yeah. But does that continue? That's uh, one of the key questions for the Fed. They, they need some strength in the economy if they're going to start raising interest rates to keep unemployment from rising. Yeah, and I guess that also raises the question about how much this uh, this reading uh, potentially affects the Fed's outlook when it comes to front-loading rate hikes. I mean, the, the uh, market's priced in 450 basis point moves. 
Yeah, the market's maybe a little ahead of themselves here with that. The Fed isn't going to be looking at doing that because they're not going to be looking that far down the road yet. They want to see, as you say, the data. Uh, we also get jobless claims today, which are forecast to come in at uh, a very, very low level again uh, in about the 180 range. And because of that, uh, the Fed is uh, likely to take some comfort in the fact that the economy is uh, a bit uh, stronger than it has been going into a Fed tightening cycle in a long time. And so, therefore, they can raise rates at least 50 basis points this time and maybe in June, and then they'll stop and see where they are. All right. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Economics correspondent, going to be very busy in just a couple hours here when we get that uh, first quarter GDP read at uh, 8.30 Wall Street time along with the initial jobless claims. Core PCE, lots to wade through this morning as we get ready for that uh, May interest rate setting meeting coming up uh, just next week. The Fed with a big decision to make uh, in the uh, days to come here. Right now, looking ahead to uh, the market open, futures are higher uh, by 60 points for S&P futures. We have Dow futures up 277 points. NASDAQ futures higher by 260 points, a gain of 2% on the dot. Ten-year Treasury is up 6.30 seconds. The yield 2.80%. The yield on the two-year, 2.56. Just ahead, investors like meta earnings and inflation starts to hit the household outlook. Five things you need to know to start your day. Coming up, you're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Mix of sun and clouds, breezy, mid-50s for highs today. Could hit 60 tomorrow with a sunshine and a breeze. Mostly sunny, low 60s for Saturday. Right now, 40 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Simple IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com slash Global Trader. Up first, Meta shares up more than 16% this morning. That's after earnings showed Facebook adding more users than projected. Mandeep Singh is Senior Technology Analyst at Bloomberg and Intelligence. He says the overall report is strong despite missing revenue estimates. Last time they gave us a surprise that they are spending an additional, you know, $20 billion on this reality labs. That's the first time we learned about those numbers. This time around, they're saying they don't plan to increase it, but they plan to pare back a little bit. And the core Facebook and Instagram engagement seems to be holding up quite well. Bloomberg Intelligence analyst Mandeep Singh says Facebook added more than 30 million new users in the quarter and big tech earnings will continue today. Amazon and Apple report after the bell. Turning to the economy, Karen, we get a reading on growth today. U.S. GDP is expected to show a 1% gain when the figures come out this morning. 
Well, Nathan, according to new findings, higher inflation is affecting many Americans' financial outlook. And Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the latest. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. A Gallup poll shows less than half of Americans rate their financial situation as good or excellent. And some 48% say it's worsening. That's similar to levels seen a month into the pandemic and during the financial crisis of 2008. So what's driving the worry? The survey finds that a record 32% of Americans rank inflation and a high cost of living as the most important financial problem facing their family today. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thanks. Overseas, the Japanese yen hit a two-decade low against the dollar. Right now, the yen's trading at 130.24. Well, Nathan, President Biden delivers remarks on Ukraine later today as he prepares a proposal for Congress to ship more weapons. Meantime, the Financial Times reports Germany and other European nations could open ruble accounts to pay for Russian gas. Patrick DeHaan of Gas Buddy says uncertainty in Russia and COVID in China will continue affecting gas prices. Certainly a very bumpy and volatile summer as we continue to see markets digest varying headlines that seemingly are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And Patrick DeHaan with Gas Buddy spoke with our Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers and Caterpillar reporting earnings that beating uh, that beat analyst estimates. All right, Karen, thanks. 633 on Wall Street, 40 degrees in Central Park. Overturned car in Queens, eastbound LIE at Francis Lewis Boulevard. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York's MTA is going for zero emissions by 2040. The authority plans to ramp up its number of electric buses. The MTA anticipates 60 new electric buses will start arriving later this year, with another 470 coming in 2025 and 2026. The MTA plans to transition its 5,800 bus fleet to all electric vehicles. Dr. Anthony Fauci caused quite a stir after comments he made to PBS suggesting that the U.S. is not in the pandemic phase of COVID-19 anymore. He clarified those comments, saying the pandemic isn't over, but the country is now in a different phase. Health experts say cases are going down because many people now have some kind of immunity to the virus. Dr. David Agus. I think what was implied and what was meant is that we're at a better state in terms of the war on COVID-19. What it means is is that we are now having significant numbers of COVID-19 infections in the United States, as evidenced by the recent infection of our vice president. But at the same time, hospitalizations and deaths are not going up. Dr. Agus spoke to CBS. New York's highest court has rejected new congressional maps widely seen as favoring Democrats. The state's Court of Appeals agreed with a group of Republican voters who said the district boundaries were unconstitutionally gerrymandered. More New York City apartment renters are declining to renew leases as they're being presented with rate increases. According to Landlord Equity Residential, rates are up almost 30% on new leases and deal seekers are choosing to move out. Trevor Reed, a former Marine held in Russia since 2019, was released to U.S. officials as part of a prison swap with Russia. Key negotiator and former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Bill Richardson, says that their focus now turns to other detained Americans in Russia, including WNBA star Brittany Griner. It's very murky what has happened, but she deserves to come home. 
And, and it's important that we focus on her, but also there's another Marine. His name is Paul Whelan. He's been there almost three years. Former Ambassador Richardson says Reed's parents expect him home in a few days. President Biden honored Teachers of the Year at the White House. Biden says being a teacher is one of the toughest jobs anywhere. That's another thing people don't realize. It's hard how much you prepare. President Biden says he overcame his stutter as a child because of his parents and his teachers. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Six thirty-six on Wall Street. John Stashower has the Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. Amidst this hot start by the Mets, it's come a flurry of Mets getting hit by a pitch 19 times in 20 games. It happened five times in St. Louis. So many were wondering when the benches might empty with a Met charging the mound. Instead, it was a Cardinal who came charging. Owen Arenado, eighth inning after an up and in pitch by the Mets, Yoan Lopez. Arenado had had three hits, three RBIs. St. Louis won the game 10-5. Carlos Carrasco gave up seven runs, eight hits. The Mets still win the series. They've won all six series, although they've yet to have a sweep. Yankees today go for their second straight series sweep. They won their fifth in a row at the stadium, 5-2 over Baltimore. Michael King got the win and relief home runs for Giancarlo Stanton and Joey Gallo. The Yankees have the best record in the American League right now. Rangers at the Garden lost to Montreal 4-3. to NBA playoffs, a couple of MVPs led their teams to series clinching wins. 33 points for Giannis onto the Kumpo, Milwaukee. Finished off Chicago 30 for Steph Curry and Golden State won its series with Denver. NFL draft is in Las Vegas, but New York will dominate the early going tonight after picks by Jacksonville, Detroit, and Houston. It's the Jets, then the Giants, then Carolina, then the Giants again. And three picks after that, the Jets again, unless there's a trade. The Giants GM, Joe Shane. You get greedy and you're like, let's move back, and then that guy's gone. You know, are you going to? Sleep better at night knowing you got an extra sixth round pick and you move back four spots, but you lose the guy you want, or you just let's just take the guy and not be greedy. So you play through all those situations. It's still not known who Jacksonville will take first overall. Expected to be one of two defensive linemen, Georgia's Trayvon Walker or Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta, it is hard to ignore the move for Facebook parent meta platforms this morning. It is wild, and we should start off with just the ticker, right? We still haven't switched it to meta, so the ticker is still FB. Yes. Shares up 17%, over 17%. And if you remember, Nathan, last quarter they had this massive sell-off because they had the warning that you're now hearing from Alphabet to be very careful about TikTok. They're starting to lose some of that demographic. This time around, we're hearing it from Alphabet. Facebook, on the other hand, or I should say meta platforms, uh, saying that actually they've gained more users than they actually expected in the first quarter. Now, a lot of this actually comes from Instagram. They're not actually focusing on the Facebook platform anymore. They're focusing on Instagram. And I think something they really that really caught my eye here was the fact that they're saying, well, be careful of TikTok. But Nathan, I don't know if you're active on Instagram. I am. I do enjoy the Instagram. Well, there you go. I'll be so honest. You, but you know that there's they've kind of created reels, which is sort yeah. of a TikTok, and a lot of the TikToks uh, videos Super actually addictive. end up on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so it kind of seems like that has made kind of this uh, all-in-one platform for Meta and at least uh, helped with some of those earnings pictures. So Meta shares uh, – FB is the ticker once again up <laughs> over 17%. It's not the only tech name we got to watch here. Apple, Amazon reporting after the bell, but this is really important. Qualcomm also reported after hours yesterday. QCOM is your ticker up. Get this, Nathan. 
seven and a half percent. Now this is the oh, that's big. It's huge, and this yeah. is the company that makes most of the chips for Apple's iPhones. It helps Apple iPhones connect to high-speed data networks, and they're saying, well, actually, they were able to kind of secure their supply chain. They're able to expand into new markets, and a lot of people say, well, if Qualcomm is doing so well, does that mean Apple's earnings are going to be pretty blockbuster today? And then, or vice versa, if Apple says iPhone demand is going to drop. Does that start to hit Qualcomm shares as well? Nevertheless, this morning, some optimism here. QCOM up just shy of 8%. And Apple shares, AAPL following that lead, up 2.2%, Nathan. All right, just quickly, uh, we had some earnings cross just minutes ago. Can you get to some of those? Yeah, let's talk about Caterpillar. This is going to be your big economic bellwether. CAT is your ticker. It is actually uh, moving this, of course, off earnings as well, up 1.6% as it overcomes some of the supply chain issues, surging demand. One of the issues here was just how much construction will there be after you've already seen this housing boom? And it looks like the maker of that construction equipment maker still getting some of that demand. All right. Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with us this morning. Looking ahead to the open, futures are moving higher with S&P futures up 59 points. Dow futures up 277 and NASDAQ futures higher by 255 points. That's a gain of just about 2%. The 10-year Treasury up 730 seconds, yield 280. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mix of sun and clouds, breezy mid-50s today. We'll get up to near 60. Friday sunshine with a breeze, and it'll be mostly sunny for Saturday as well. Low 60s. Right now, 40 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning. Almost a busy morning for corporate earnings yet again. Caterpillar's first quarter earnings topping analyst estimates as surging demand and higher prices for the company's diggers, bulldozers, and trucks offsets the impact of rising costs for raw materials and ongoing supply chain issues. Merck boosted its adjusted earnings per share guidance for the year. That beat analysts' estimates. And Southwest Air reported a first quarter loss that was wider than analysts were looking for. Those just some of the earnings crossing the Bloomberg this morning. Still futures are higher. S&P futures up 57 points. Dow futures up 262. And NASDAQ futures jumping up about 2%. Up 254 points. The DAX in Germany is up 1.2%. The 10-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds. Yield 2.80%. Yield on the two-year 2.55%. NYMEX crude oil is little changed at $102.07 a barrel. COMEX gold is also little changed at 18.90.40 an ounce. The euro 1.0507 against the dollar. British pound 1.2477. The yen 130.37. And Bitcoin this morning is up one and a half percent at about $39,700. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russian President Vladimir Putin warned that any countries attempting to interfere in Ukraine would face, quote, a lightning-fast response from Russia. It comes as NATO is saying it would welcome Finland and Sweden with open arms should they decide to join. Later today, President Joe Biden plans to deliver remarks on support for Ukraine. Round one of the NFL draft begins tonight. The Jaguars have the overall number one pick. The Jets are fourth. The Giants select fifth. 
In the NBA playoffs, the Warriors advanced to the next round after beating the Nuggets in Game 5, 102-98. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Orioles 5-2. The Mets and Nationals lost. The Red Sox won. The A's shut out the Giants 1-zip. In the NHL, the Rangers lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Democracy. I'm Jonathan Bernstein, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Apparently, private space companies are marketing space tourism as democratization. My first reaction? Ridiculous. Wealthy space tourists are much poorer symbols of democracy than Alan Shepard, Neil Armstrong, and Sally Ride, and the politicians who sent them to space, and the voters who elected them. There's nothing more democratic than a polity collectively choosing and achieving a goal. Ideas of democracy that exclude Ride and include those who buy their way into space are sad. Still, I doubt those pitching space privatization as democratizing care. They're just using a popular word. That's sort of good news. Democracy in the U.S. has been under attack, but it seems that the word itself must still test well. Perhaps we can be ignorant of the nuances of democracy, important as they are, as long as we fully support the larger concept. Overall, I can't help but wish that our civic education was a lot more thorough and effective. But if we still are enthusiastic about democracy, maybe that's a meaningful starting point. I'm Jonathan Bernstein. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT offers New Jersey's first undergraduate degree in fintech. Tech-driven, finance-focused. Learn more at njit.edu slash fintech. Now here's what's making news and science, technology, engineering, and math. At least six states are reporting confirmed or suspected cases of an unexplained severe liver disorder in children that's been spotted in countries around the globe. More than 160 cases of severe pediatric hepatitis or liver inflammation in kids without existing health issues have been reported from about a dozen countries. The disorder has been seen mainly in children younger than 10 and has left a few needing liver transplants. Researchers are probing links to infection with adenoviruses, a family of pathogens that more commonly cause cold-like symptoms as well as COVID-19. Cities across China are rolling out swift measures from mass testing drives to lockdowns for just a mere handful of coronavirus cases. They're trying to keep flare-ups at bay and avoid the hardships endured by Shanghai. And they have arrived. SpaceX launched four astronauts to the International Space Station for NASA. The Falcon rocket blasted off before dawn yesterday from Florida's Kennedy Space Center. The capsule reached its destination last night just 16 hours later. The crew includes the first black woman making a long-term space flight, NASA's Jessica Watkins. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thanks, Karen. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios at 652 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. or some of the top stories include President Biden preparing to speak on Ukraine as he gets ready for a new aid request to Congress, senators to hold a bipartisan meeting on immigration today, and former President Trump's backing gives McCarthy an edge after leaked audio. Let's bring in Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick as we await these remarks. Uh, in just a few hours, Jack, from the president, what will you be listening for when he uh, updates the country on Ukraine? 
Well, one, he's going to be talking about his request to Congress for more funds for Ukraine. The White House has described this as something that's supposed to carry them through the rest of the, rest of the fiscal year, which ends September 30th. So it sounds like it's fairly large, uh, a bit more long-term than the $13 billion uh, measure that was previously appropriated that was a bit of a uh, sort of a stopgap measure for short-term needs. Now, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has already told lawmakers, yes, there's going to obviously be military and economic aid. He also expects the White House to call for global food aid, uh, demining because of Russian use of landmines, and some resources for sort of a staged approach to getting diplomats back to Ukraine and eventually reopening the U.S. embassy in Kiev. Uh, the, the questions this raises is exactly how does Congress take this after the president speaks about it? Uh, could the debate that has stalled a COVID funding bill extend to that? But overall, it sounds like there's significant bipartisan support uh, for the idea of, of significant Ukraine aid. Uh, and we'll be watching for the details and exactly how much he's asking for. Yeah, it will be interesting to get more uh, detail, given that we've heard even just this week uh, some concern at the Pentagon that uh, a lot of the U.S. weapons stockpiles are at risk of being depleted with the aid that's already gone to Ukraine. Yes, there was one last batch of funding that the the White House released uh, late last week, and and the president said last week, this is the last one I can do with the money that Congress has given me for Ukraine. Obviously, there are further needs, and the White House staff uh, seems to have been racing to uh, get everything together to say, all right, what do we need to request from Congress that can last for a while, for a matter of months, rather than uh, needing to go back to them on a a, a very frequent basis. Uh, so the, the, they're, they're getting toward the end of what's available to the president on his own in terms of sending resources militarily and economically to Ukraine, uh, and they definitely will need action in the, in the fairly near future. Now, while we wait for those remarks from the president later this morning, we're also waiting for a meeting among a bipartisan group of senators today on immigration. This issue has gotten a lot more urgency just in recent weeks, Jack. Yeah, there seems to be a sense that uh, they might as well try to to give it another go and see what they can assemble that could get 60 votes in the Senate. There have been so many attempts over the last uh, number of years, last decade or so, at a real immigration reform package that have fallen apart. Uh, but talking to senators like Tom Tillis, uh, there seems to be uh, an interest, one, in addressing the worker shortage uh, and also putting on the table a path to citizenship for the so-called dreamers who are, were not born in the U.S. but have been here for uh, almost all of their lives, and, and something on border security. Interestingly enough, lawmakers really have dropped the debate over the quote-unquote border wall now that uh, former President Donald Trump is not in office, there is a bit of middle ground on border security measures aside from fencing, things like lights on the border, more technologically advanced things. Uh, so there there does seem to be a sense that they could find middle ground on a, a significant package on immigration. It's not an easy issue, but they are holding a meeting today among senators to, to get that conversation going. Yeah, not an easy issue, an understatement to say the least. Only about 30 seconds left here, Jack, but uh, House Republican Leader Kevin McCarthy just met with Republicans for the first time since that leaked January 6th audio. Sounds like it went pretty well. 
Yeah, our colleagues uh, Billy House and Emily Wilkins reported there was actually a standing ovation that many House Republicans participated in. There's been a little bit of pushback. Matt Gates has is the one member who's been really vocal criticizing Kevin McCarthy. But really, even among conservatives, Trump loyalists, uh, the former president gave Kevin McCarthy a pass on this leaked audio of him considering calling on him to resign. He didn't end up calling on, on him to resign. And as of right now, it does seem that House Republicans really are still unique. United around Kevin McCarthy is the guy they want to be the speaker if they take back the House. All right. Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick with us this morning. Read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal and listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Futures moving higher uh, this Thursday morning, we have S&P futures up 55 points, Dow futures up 229, NASDAQ futures higher by 250 points. Ten-year Treasury is up 730 seconds, the yield 2.80%, yield on the two-year 2.55%. Bloomberg Surveillance is up next with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.